So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 25th of January, 2021. It is 5.30 in the morning where I'm at. It's cold. It's raining. It snowed just a few miles from my house in Southern California, if you could imagine. And it's just a really interesting, cool kind of time of year. Just a weekend ago, the beach was full of people. So whatever is going on, just keep expecting the unexpected. And now I'm talking about another thing that's undone, and that's our own emotional business. I was trying to figure out how someone my age or someone 30 that you look at and you're like, wow, they really got their stuff together and then you talk to them and you hearing statements that trail back to unfinished business you know I always wanted to do that you know I could do that job you know I could clean up my house I keep wanting to get to this and they start talking like that and I'm thinking, how could they look so put together? And then when they start talking, it's like everything they're saying trails back to not feeling like they can somehow organize themselves in their own lives. And I couldn't figure it out. And then I thought back to when I very first saw Christ. And when he came to me and I thought, well, I'm not in trouble. You know, usually you hear about people who are almost dying or and they see an angel or they see God or they see Christ or they go home and come back. But I was, in my mind, at a pretty good place in life when I saw him. And yet he unraveled me like somebody, I don't know if any of you have ever worked with yarn before, but if you're not done yet and you pull that thread, it will just erase the scarf you just made or the socks you just made or whatever you were making with that yarn, the blanket, and you just keep pulling that thread, that blanket is gone. 
unraveled because it hasn't been completed yet and you haven't been able to start another blanket. I know that's a weird analogy, but all I could see is something disappearing, meaning our dreams and our goals and the things we love or think we want to do in life. It just disappears. We just keep pulling that thread until there's nothing left to keep ourselves warm with. So then we feel exposed. We feel like, oh my gosh, I'll never do that in this lifetime. I'll never own a house. I'll never get that job. I'll never meet someone. Everybody else has friends except for me. I'm lonely. And all of that is saying unfinished business. Statements that we allow to take away from ourselves is the first honesty we need to speak on. Why am I okay to talk to myself like that? Why do I feel like I don't even deserve my own support? What happened to me? That made me start to think like this because we do have that moment. I remember once I picked up someone's fear that I never had before going for a job interview. And I never didn't get a job I applied for. And I never thought of not getting it because I wanted it. And I thought, well, if I want it, why wouldn't I get it? That may have been naive, but that's how I used to think. And sure enough, anywhere I applied, I did get an offer of some kind. But then what happened? One day I was talking to someone close to me, and I told them I had a job interview. And they said, wow, I hope you get it. And I thought, hope? Why Why would you think I wouldn't get it? Well, you know, they're really tough on this, and jobs are hard to find, and they gave me their whole spiel of unfinished business, and I picked it up. And for the very first time in my life, I walked into a job interview hoping that they liked me or would hire me. Instead of going in, with confidence and believing that why shouldn't I get this job? And if I didn't get it, for the most part in me, we'd both know it wasn't right for us, and we would say that in the interview. Once they told me their stuff and I told them my stuff, and we'd say, hey, you know what, this may not be the best fit, and we can all go our separate ways. But I didn't think like that. I picked up their stuff of will they hire me. And when you're in that mindset, no matter what, they tell you that job entails, you'd be like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that because all you want is the win. You want to be hired. Even if they tell you it's less pay than you expected, you may still take it. Because you want to feel like you're hireable. It happens in relationships. People are hard to find. It's hard to meet someone. So when you do meet someone... And it may not be the right someone, 
You're going to make them right because it's so hard to go back out there and start all over again or be alone or whatever it is. And that also stems back to unfinished experiences. Finished experiences are ones we learn from and unfinished experiences are ones we haven't learned from. So we are destined to grow in depth So our experiences will be harder and harder and harder pointing back to that same unfinished business that we need to pay attention to. So what made me think of Christ in all of this? In those very first times when I saw Christ and he said to me, Words that I never heard before, like self-accounting. Why would I have to self-account? I know who I am. And I really did feel like I made an effort to know who I was. But I wasn't even living my life. I was living everybody else's life so they'd be happy with me. But I didn't even know what I didn't know. I didn't know that I had unfinished business came to representing my own life the way I came here for it to be represented. I took my experiences and I ran away from the answers because those answers were too scary to take to step two or three or four, let alone get what I want, God forbid. What would I do then if I got what I wanted? And how did self-accounting play into the fact, like, what would I do? What do you do once you have that information? Do you just go guns a-blazing and throwing your opinion around and acting aggressive like we're taught that we have to do that to get what we want? No. Getting what we want is super quiet. Getting what we want is nothing like how we are taught. Getting what we want isn't guns a-blazing, putting everybody down, screaming at people, rolling over people. Getting what we want is to understand ourselves. And once we understand ourselves, we become calm. And once we become calm, we hear. We hear our thinking. We hear the little rumblings of our soul. Like, wouldn't that be great if you tried this? Oh, no, I can't try that. Everybody else gets that, but not me. Ego, invited in. And if we listen to it, the things we say to people, I've always wanted to do that, but I don't think I have the skill. But the real skill that you don't have isn't doing that project. The real skill you don't have is actually listening to what's real inside of you, shutting it down, and then allowing what isn't real to take its place. This is such a big topic. It is one of the biggest reasons 
that people go to therapy. They don't feel they know how to get to unfinished business. And Christ taught me a lot about truth, love, and purity. And those aren't just three words that sound good together, which they do. I just remember when I was writing super heavily, like every single day. Now I write every few days, but I was writing, boom, every single day, waking up in the middle of the night, and it just kept coming and coming and coming. And I thought, what more could I write about truth, love, and purity? And I'm still writing about truth, love, and purity. And this will be literally the 19th year. The 19th year. And the first thing that was attended to was self-accounting. I remember hearing the words and going, gosh, that sounds so cool. I'm thinking of like a debit and credit spreadsheet or something like that. At the time, a notebook, which is how we thought then. And I thought of, do I have more in the debit part or do I have more in the credit part? But how do I break down what I feel what I've done and reconciling what I've done, what I've experienced without judgment to myself. Just, hey, I did this, this was why, I did that, this was why, and go on and on until I finally said I just wanted to be loved by myself. I wanted to feel proud of myself somehow or good about myself. But because I didn't do that, I didn't address my unfinished business, the easiest thing to do is feel good from others. So we work for that. We do things for them. Whatever they want, whatever they ask, we we produce. And it's not coming from pure love. It's coming from lack of self-love because I need your love to make my love feel like it's there. Think about that. You know those songs, the things we do for love? That's one of them. People-pleasing is one of them. Lack of love, screaming at others, anger. Becoming martyrs. Look what I've done for you. Don't you love me? I've sacrificed everything for you. Because I love you, now we use love and put it in a burden thought. Something to think about. So we go back. We go back and look. Okay, what what have I done? Why did I not go back to this? Well, it was hard. It's hurtful. It was traumatic. And... When I go back to my mom and talk about it, or my dad, or the person who hurt me, they don't even remember it. I have to, like, remind them. And they're like, wow, you made a whole story out of that? And then you're like, get defensive, and you say, no, but you did that. And then you get in the argument all over again. And instead of being closer, you're further away. 
The other person may deny it, may not want to feel bad themselves, may wonder why you're holding on to that. They don't even mean it. They don't remember it. They don't believe you that it even happened, some of them. So how do you learn to do that on your own? On Friday, we had a question about somebody who was touched by someone at a party, wasn't sure if it was intentional or not, couldn't remember the person, couldn't give the energy back because she didn't have anyone to point it to. But then what I realized when I read all of that was she felt guilty that her body responded. And right after the show, she wrote me. And she said, oh, my God, I never even thought of that, but I actually knew that. I knew something like that. And it really made me want to delve into unfinished business, emotional business. Well, this happened to me and that happened to me and I lost my parents and I lost this and I lost that. And I'm like, where, where, why, why is the focus there? What do you need back from that? Do you need the excuse to not dig in? to what really happened or your part in what happens to you or as a child understanding that you were just a child and you had no idea what to do with that emotion outside of ourselves and looking at it as though somebody came to us and told us this information. Look at how it trailed you throughout your life. Well, I couldn't go out with that guy. I really liked him. This guy was pretty good too. So I went out with him instead because the one I really liked, I just liked him too much. I don't know how I would have been there. I've heard that from people. The person they really liked, they didn't. They didn't go out with. That was too jarring, too big of a leap to be in a happy place. So why would you not accept that? Why would you settle so that you can deal with the other settlements that you made in your life? Why is there this big Hollywood producer and you're not, you're just a small film person? No, you're not. You're all producers. You're all directors. You're all actors. You're all writers. You're all painters. If somebody has a different kind of success in it, doesn't mean you're not successful. But when you buy that you're the small peanut, You'll be a really good small peanut. I mean, tomorrow, in tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk about owning our thoughts and our feelings and what we really felt at those times. Because unless you can begin to talk about your emotions in a way that doesn't have a I feel sorry for myself because whatever thought before we open our mouths, 
instead we'll be saying, wow, I was a human being that experienced this. And because I experienced this, this is what happened. And when this happened, this made me feel bad. And when I felt bad, I started to make everything else I wanted to do feel bad too. Because I'm not that person that gets what they want because of this experience. And that's the loop. You just go round and round and round backwards instead of propelling forward. When Christ said negative begets negative, we just saw the loop go counterclockwise. The things we think about as negative aren't what's negative to Christ because those are so obvious. We all know that it's not okay to do certain things. No one has to tell us, even if we didn't speak any language and we saw something that wasn't okay, we would know that it was not okay. But this thinking, we know something's wrong with it. We know it's not okay. But we don't feel strong enough to walk ourselves through it because it becomes easier to live with it than to live without the excuse. Because what happens when we don't have an excuse? We're left to doing it. And if we don't do it, it's on us, right? Imagine. Imagine how powerful the stuff we haven't finished follows us around like a pet on a leash. Only the leash isn't on the pet. It's on us, too. Neither one of us can move farther than the other. If you could really think about how big unfinished businesses you will be able to see it trail your life throughout your life until this very day things change in our lives when we hit our purest intent and it takes a lifetime if we can do it, owning our thoughts and our feelings puts us in charge of where our lives are going. And the closer we get to our truth, the more invigorated we get. We can never undo that. Once you start to see, wow, I did that because, I felt that way because, I didn't feel I deserved to be treated like that. But because I didn't feel or allow myself to feel that and I got angry instead that anyone treated me like that, now I'm making decisions about everyone. No one can be trusted. Everybody's bad. Instead of just saying, I did not deserve that. I was only five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old. That's all I was. How did I know that was coming? And it really surprised me that that happened. Yeah, it hurt like heck to see that or to feel it. 
or to experience it. Then I tried to hide it because I I wasn't ready yet. Now I got used to hiding it, and if I moved it out of that room, I would have an empty space. So let me just keep it there, and I'll get to it one day. When I meet the right person, we'll get to it. They'll save me. But the trick, double trick is you can't meet the right person with that baggage. You're going to meet someone else who has that baggage, who has a similar door with a similar room, and that's what's going to attract you to each other. Unfinished business attracts unfinished business. Love attracts love. Lack of love attracts lack of love. Bleeds into our lives in every nook and cranny it can get into and fill. We have to identify and accept that, yes, this did happen. I was seven years old. This person said or did this to me. I recognize that this happened. What would I think of that as an observer? As an observer, I would think that was awful that anyone did that to that child. An observer would say, that adult needs to be spoken to or arrested or told that what they did was wrong. That's what I would tell an observer as an observer. I will step aside and outside of the experience and look at it from the outside in so that I can tell myself, hey, that really wasn't okay. Jeez, how could that person do that? I could never do that to anyone. What kind of frame of mind would I have to be in? Oh, wow, that person wasn't well. And I carried their unwell, their dead now, they're not here now, I can't find them now, I don't know where they're at now, I can't have the conversation I want to have, but Christ taught me that we can, can. The power of having free will and identifying our intention to heal, that I want to heal myself from this. Hey, person, John Doe, you weren't well. I I don't know what happened in your life before you got to me, but I picked up your stuff, and I don't really want your stuff. I want to, I want to give you back your stuff, and I want to just be me, the me that recognizes you're not okay instead of I'm not okay because of you. I need to separate the emotions here. That's really my intention. 
At the end of the day, what you did wasn't cool at all. And I I really am looking out for myself right now. And I need to give you back to you. I need to be me to be able to even get further in my own healing. But my healing doesn't mean I'm standing still. My healing means that everything else I look at, I'm going to dig into too. Because my energy now has shifted into a motivating energy to heal myself. I'm not even a woo-wooer, you know, like, oh, that energy, that rock, that crystal, that this, that, that is going to fix me. But God, watch over me in this, and I give you permission to intervene at any time. If there's something that I want or that I'm doing that will take me away from this healing I'm giving all my permission that that not be given to me. Just real talks with God and with yourself. And we will do more tomorrow. We will have a part two to this show. I love you guys. Have a great start to the week, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.